0: Hi. Welcome back to Inclusivity Podcast. We are doing today's episode 13 where we invite you to listen with your cup of tea. I am Leah and we'll be co-hosting today with Dana. Our other co-host, Lori, is not with us today. And our topic is about natural hair journey. But before we get started, we would like to recognize our podcast partners, Black Iowa News and Alliance for Sustainability. We invite you to follow our partners on Facebook. And if you enjoy listening to inclusivity, please listen, like, and share, and join our Facebook group. Inclusivity Collaborative, where we share more tips and stories on sustainable living. Hey, Dana, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Leah? I am doing good. I am naturally unbothered. There you go. I love it. Hey, so can you tell our listeners today about the series you're doing on Black Iowa News regarding natural hair?
1: Yeah, I really always wanted to do something big on natural hair, and black hair, kind of to celebrate it, um, you know, and put that kind of Iowa swing to it. So what I'm planning to do is hopefully before back to school, I want to interview some um, beauticians, some stylists, some barbers about, you know, what you need to do to take care of natural hair and, um, you know, and talk to them about their clients. Talk to them about the popular styles, but also talk to them about things like um, chemical services, because, you know, there's been some studies talking about how chemical services are bad, um, you know, for your body and how there's links links to cancer. And so I want to like delve into that, but also just celebrate it because, you know, being here in Iowa, especially, um, you know, we have to celebrate our hair, we have to celebrate our blackness. It's all wrapped together. Um, There's been a lot of instances in Iowa of people experiencing discrimination um, because of their locks and because of their braids. And so I think I really want to delve into this and see what people's experience is like. And so hopefully I'll be uh, working on that in the coming weeks and talking to people across the state about that and, you know, have something really a a very nice package put together that I'll publish um, very soon. So that's kind of where the idea came from. And so like, I know we're both natural. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your natural hair, hair journey has
0: been like? Exactly. So proud to do it. So for me, Um, My favorite style growing up was the Shirley Temple curls. And I know that dates me just a little bit, but my mom would tease me because I'll be in the backseat of her super sport, bracing myself so that when I was falling asleep, I wouldn't fall back and mash them curls up. Um, And so at that time, that was a hot comb and just a bare curling iron. And in fifth grade, I couldn't wait to get a perm because y'all think it's hot out in Iowa this week because this is the week of (laughs) August 2nd, North Carolina heat and humidity does not play. So (laughs) you are always like fighting against the humidity just to keep your hair straight. But um, I didn't realize how much it played into me wanting to also assimilate and make sure my edges are laid, right? So during that time, I had the perm, I had lots of hair breakage, and it still never stopped me from perming my hair because I still wanted to fit in with everybody. You know, that was the culture in the 90s. You kept your hair straight. Well, when my dad passed in 98, I said, you know what, it's time for me to just cut all this hair off, let the perm go. I'm in college. I'm at an HBCU, you know, graduate of AT, and I had questions. Why are you doing it to yourself? Why are you doing this? And I was thinking to myself, like, my people are so concerned about what's going on, my hair. But I knew for me, I did not want to be that bald-headed person. So it was either have this hair that's um in its natural state and have hair or keep permanent and be bald. So um after a year. Um, After college, I lasted because I wanted to. And when I say lasted, I was ready to get my job. And everybody knows you already fight against your name getting your foot in the door. So the last thing I want to do with having to correct people on how to pronounce my name, Leah, spell L Y A, was having to be questioned about why is my hair this way. So I permed it again, and breakage is still happening. I'm still not, you know, I'm being hard headed. So I chop it off again in 2005 and I still could not just embrace my hair as it was. So I texturized it. And if people don't know what a texturizer is, that's basically like still putting a perm that was breaking my hair off. So finally, as I began to embrace and accept who I am and what my hair is meant to be. And that song with um, NERE, I am not my hair. I recognize it's time for me to embody wearing my hair as it naturally goes out of my hair. And I have not regretted it ever since. I've gotten more compliments now, but back in the 90s and even the early 2000s, you know, that was not popular. No, not at all. You know, so what was your journey like, Dana?
1: Wow. It's similar to yours in some ways. You know, I grew up too in that era where you know the pressing comb you know and that you know like if you had any like sweat or anything like up here man and that pressing comb would hit you and you'd be like ah! you know and then when they try to get the kitchen you know mm-hmm. you get it straight and I always like as a kid sweat so like my sister she would get her hair pressed and wake up the next day hair look perfect right mm-hmm. I would sweat during the night and wake up like nothing ever happened and so like <laughs> I just remember you know, getting um, getting it straightened, and then you know, wanting to get a perm. And I think like one of the first perms I got, the person didn't know what they were doing, and they left it on too long. And so ever since oh. then, that would have been like, man, when I was maybe I'm gonna say ten or eleven, they left it on too long, and it uh, it weakens my hair on both sides. Oh. And so that's some that's a fallout from. Those chemicals, you know, that it never, the hair has always um, been thin there because of that. So then I went on from there, you know, again, hair was a big thing. Also, too, like I went to a Black elementary school growing up, all Black elementary school, Black teachers, Black principals, everything in my own neighborhood. And then when they stopped that and we were bused to pretty much a predominantly white elementary school, you know, like you're trying to fit in, you might, you know, you're one of just a few kids black kids in a classroom with you know all whites and so you know you're wanting to like I can remember my sister especially like wanting to feather her hair and like Mm -hmm. our hair don't really feather like that you know right so you know then doing those perms all the time I hate the smell of perms because of you know getting them like what every once every six eight weeks I, I I just now as an adult I cannot stand the smell of relaxers it's it's disgusting isn't it
0: awful oh my god it
1: is and you know hair dyes all of it um but then I went through this period um where I was big into weaves this was when weaves was really getting popular Uh, and so I can remember going to get you know the full head braided weaves and then you know the glue and that's another thing too when you think about all these products with all these chemicals that we're putting on our hair that we don't we can't even pronounce these, you know, um, long words, these chemicals, mm-hmm. we, we don't know what they are, but we're just slathering, slathering them on. Slathering it in there.
0: <laughs> and
1: so I, w- I had a weed for a long time. And I can remember there was a period of time that um, I, my dad was alive then. And I remember he was just like, He's like why are you doing that to your hair like there's nothing wrong with your natural hair why don't you just wear your own hair I'm right. like oh this is a style dad you know and I had like a weave hanging down to the butt like they used to say in in the songs uh-huh. and you know loved it and then I after he passed away like I don't know if I just kind of like grew up but I just kind of got out of wanting to have like super straight hair wanting to have like super long hair and I think I just more came to just embrace the hair that was growing from my scalp. And the one thing that I really noticed too, as I transitioned from somebody who loved weaves to um, dealing with my own hair was that my hair, like as it grows from a scalp, that is super strong that way. Like as soon as you put a relaxer on there, you know, you're constantly in this fight to keep every hair it weakens, you know, your hair mm-hmm. and you're constantly having to do all these conditioning treatments. You got to be careful about if you dye it, you got to be careful about every little thing you do to it. But if you leave it, how it's growing from your scalp is super strong. And so I really, you know, even though other people, cause I've probably worn it natural now for more than 10 years, um, you know, other people, you got to manage their perceptions too, because yes. I, can, I can remember growing up and looking at, you know, women thinking, well, pfft, you know, why don't you put a perm in that? Because she looks you know, awful. Oh my yeah, God. I yeah. got to that point too, where, you know, you figure out that first of all, all those chemicals, we know now that they are mm-hmm. affecting your body. They are um, harming you to have all this, um, those chemicals that you don't even know what they are in your body. You know, there's the links to cancer. There's links to all of these things. But also, you know, as more people became natural, you know, it I love seeing like young girls, young black girls with natural hair. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about, because, you know, we have to embrace ourselves, you know, like this whole idea of assimilation. I think, you know, yeah, there was a time period where we had to deal with that, where it was necessary to do that because we still face discrimination on the job listen, when
0: I, before I quit my job, they actually had in a book that your hair was to be neatly C-O-I-F. And I want to say, is it Cof? And I was like, what in the world? And um, it seemed like I felt targeted because nothing had ever been mentioned about how to wear my hair or anything at this time. And then all of a sudden, and when you mentioned earlier about the hair piece, see, I was breaking off right in the crown of my head. Okay. I, I still will occasionally, but not like I did with the perm. And so I started putting actually a track and I remember standing at my office cubicle and I don't forget this, this uh, co-worker, she happened to me, white female, she came up and no permission asked at all. Just, is that a weave in your head? And I was just like, whoa. And. And just so you know, I was, young, one of the only black women in my office and the young white male coworker was like, did you just touch your hair? And then a friend, she was like, I know you didn't just put your hand in her hair. And me, I'm feeling like, what the hell? Like, God, forgive me if that's not supposed to be said on there. But the audacity, you didn't ask any permission. Then it's embarrassing for you to go and touch. Like, apparently, I got this in there because I am trying to save what dignity I feel I have because hair identifies us, you know. Right? I remember, like, people like Grace Jones and um, what was that singer? Um, she it was a what Conrad, um, she sang a song, I can't remember the song, but they were like some of the early icons that wore their hair very short and not right. so. Sinead O'Connor is it that oh yeah Sinead Mm O'Connor um even though I guess she's not particularly a white woman but she wore her hair that bald short and beauty standards did not show us that's beautiful it was also connected to our complexion So you had to have that complexion and it's long straight hair that needs to grow and I remember like you said judging so anytime I saw someone hair like, it should be straight, but it was still in that kinky stage, which means, like, nappy for us and us in the Black culture, of how that was not embraced. Um, I remember uh, watching a show one time, Lauren Hill was on there, and I'm with my family, and one of my relatives was like, oh my god, look at her hair, and I wanted to, like, chastise, because he had naturally curly hair, you know, Mm -hmm. and I thought, like, we judge so much people for just being who we were made to be, and that is unfair and so i've I've loved it. I love that when I got married, that was one of the qualities my husband loved about me. like I didn't have to fit this beauty standard. I can be short, my hair can be long, and he don't like straight hair, surprisingly, but how much of empowerment is that, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I can
1: remember too, um, and, you know, especially working in downtown Des Moines, being one of the only black employees or just of a handful. And I've, I've been in that same situation where, you know, I had braids and, uh, you know, they just come right up white people and they just start, they, you know, touching your braids and, you know, how much, you know, asking all these questions. And it's like, well, I'm not Oprah. I'm not going to, uh, Explain to you everything. You know, like if you really want to know about black hair, like go learn about it. Like I'm not,
0: Read I'm the not a Chia
1: pet. I mm-hmm. used to say, I'm not a Chia pet. Like just don't come. I up love something. it. You know, and then, you know, they want to know how much everything costs. And it's just, oh, it was so irksome to my spirit. But again, you know, I think having braids, you know, having um hair, that, like you're saying, that doesn't fit the white beauty standards it was another way of, of, um, you know, exemplifying who we are as Black people. This is part of our culture, braiding. We embraced it. We can wear it, And we don't really have to answer all your questions. You want to be educated, go educate yourself. The one thing that I wanted to share with you was that um, while you were talking about um, the workplace issues is that the um, Crown Act, it, it it did a study and they were talking about how a Black woman is 80% more likely to change her natural hair to meet social norms or expectations at work. They're one and a half times more likely to be sent home um, because of their hair in the workplace. So it is a big deal, you know? And I love that now, you know, here we are in 2022 and natural hair has exploded. And, you know, even though people are still subject to, Black people are still Mm -hmm. subject to, that level of scrutiny and that and discrimination racism, but I love that we're seeing more black people um yes. women men, children that are bracing their natural hair, embracing who they are, and you know letting people know like no, you're not gonna just come up and touch my hair and no, I'm not gonna change for you uh, you know, I think as black people, we've always had to in some ways reject mainstream cultures i um idea of beauty of what beauty mm-hmm. is because if, if we went by that we would never fit in we would never girl in insecure thing. all of
0: that it, right. it would just we play are. in the psyche
1: yes right amongst the most
0: beautiful
1: people in the world you know look at we you know we won't talk about no we will talk about the Kardashians but look at people <laughs> try to take all of our you know elements you know full lips and you know all of this and, and full hips if you want to be honest and yeah you know they want to be known for these things that you know we're that not- black
0: women get shamed for right. over and over again um speaking to that point like i think it was a common reference to Bo Derek when she wore cornrows exactly. and i'm like black women been wearing cornrows for years as a matter of fact in my hair journey In elementary, my mom didn't know how to like cornrow, so she had to learn because that was how my hair grew back. We had to stop with the processes and just wash, and she braided. And I remember feeling so self conscious because I wanted my hair, and I'm gonna just say Becky, (laughs) Karen, and got played out of one. But I wanted my hair to look like Becky so much because it was long, it was straight, and you got a different kind of treatment. I mean, even. I noticed like over the years if I straightened my hair and when my hair did hit my shoulders, it was a different kind of treatment towards me based upon how my hair looked at all times and it used to feel like, no matter what cuz that beauty's going to fade. This hair can't go with you and like you were mentioning earlier about um the chemicals, right? Like those chemicals they are finding it are causing cancer and stuff in women. Um, my mentor, it was that year of 2005, I had an engineering mentor and she had just uh, been locked up. She got her hair locked. And that's when I was learning about, man, I say, and that makes sense. I wonder sometimes if that's a connection to how some black women might have dementia because nobody knows that particular layer of skin if that's sinking into our brains if they're finding in our autopsies like what is that doing and then if the stuff burns you gotta know like you said smells right like the rotten eggs um if people need point of reference look at uh Malcolm X story when you know he's getting the lie put to his hair and he's on fire like we're going through this torture of getting scabs. Like, so if you're going to get the heat from the hot comb or you're going to get the heat from these chemicals, all for what? Um, Mm -hmm. And when we talk about the Crown Act, it just comes to mind, like, I remember it being said that Black women used to wear their hair out, but um, during those times, white women felt like that was taking too much attraction to them. So we were forced to wear head wraps, right? right? Well, we made that pretty, right? So once we did the head wraps, right? We then um that was too much attention. It's like no matter what we did, I mean we I feel like we we're just dynamic and I think that's what we need to make sure our young girls know about and and as far as society too, like the the thing I am not my hair.
1: I guess the one thing that I wanted to say too is that you know, at the same time, while we talk about, like, these chemicals and we talk about weeds and things like that, I also do love, though, that, you know, Black people have been innovative in, in you know, starting new hair trends and things like that. You know, you've got Madam C.J. Walker. You have, you know, these Black women today that have started these um, hair-based, you know, lines that are, you know going to be millionaires and billionaires so i love now that in some ways black people at least are benefiting um financially from um from making you know products for black hair and that's a great thing you see all of the explosion of like black hair lines that are like in target and places like that so i i do appreciate that and that there's more thought been putting put into the kind of chemicals and things that go on our hair, you know, so that our hair can be, you know, styled how we want, but also be healthy because the main thing is is it being healthy. So, um, but it's
0: yeah, I I appreciate you saying that. For instance, like Target, I think in our episode 12, when Ty was talking about, uh, you know, finding a barber, you know, how can I go out and find that? And then I think I was saying, like, when you go on to look for products, like when I first got here, um, I couldn't find nothing. Like everything I needed to have for my hair, I had to order it online. Eventually, like Target's Out was like this little narrow line because right. that was it's the place products. I had. Right. And I'm not going to use. But there is a beauty store that was here in town, which I think is another subject for another time are people who market to us, but maybe don't want us. They want our money, but don't really want us in their establishment. So I went out of my way to not purchase there. I would go everywhere but there. Um, And we did at one point have a Black-owned beauty supply store that was on the South Side. Um, I hate that they had to close down, but it was so nice to go in there, and see someone who looked like me, someone who could actually assist me here in Iowa, and me not having to go every time into a, a area I know is predominantly Black, and like, let me go check the hair care area, you know, um, and now to see the hair care line open, and then, I don't know about your experience, but have you ever had it, like, where there's a parent, they may have an adoptive child, or they have a biracial child. And now you're being asked, okay, what product should I use? And I'm like on the spot. And we don't know what works for different, you know, we know it works for our hair because it's our hair, right? But at that time, so many different products were coming out left and right. And some of that stuff, it, they just put a label, you know. Right. I remember Pantene and Dove, you know, very well known. Like they're jumping into it, you know. Um, but I love the fact too to say this, like. In the early 90s and 2000, I ain't have nothing. So all I could do was go get my hair picked out and I knew it would look curly. That was the look I wanted. And that's why I texturized. But there was none of these YouTube videos and um, influencers at the time, right? Oh, yeah. And I think like, you know, you and I have discussed like, you know, the lock method where you put liquid oil and cream, you know, a styler. Or sometimes you just keep it simple and you just put just leave-in conditioner. Like um, today. Just, Yeah. You know, and it looks beautiful, right? Uh, whereas my mom, as she's aged, she just picks hers all the way out. But again, different generation. She's a generation that wore the froze. Right. And um, she shares this story. So, you know, going back to society that she almost didn't get a teaching job. Get this. Until she opened her mouth up because it was just assumed she was militant. That she could not just be an educated professional woman that had embraced at that time Black is beautiful, because that wasn't a thing. Right. And we had to make it a thing. Right. You know, we, you know, I, I talk all the time, and you're hearing me throughout with Barbie. I have such a disdain. Barbie let me down. Barbie was blonde with this long hair, right, and blue eyes there was no Black Barbies that we see now that are so like, have you seen the Black Barbies with the Afros? And... I went to
1: Walmart oh one gosh. time and I am i can't even remember why, but I came upon the, the aisle and it had all the Barbies and it had probably 30 or 40 different Barbies, different, you know, like you said, Afros, just different Black Barbies. And I stood there as a grown woman, just like, would you look at all these Barbies and, you know, you just think about, you know, I I know growing up my parents, you know, I can remember having black dolls and things like that, but we didn't have a black Barbie because right. there wasn't a black Barbie. No. So it's just you know little things like that that, um, it's that representation. You know, we're always still even in in twenty twenty two looking for representation because, you know, society has tried to marginalize us. And we are you know, push us to the back. So I love, you know, really seeing that, um seeing that now. it's it's super important. you know, these w- these children, you know, black
0: children today, they need to see themselves they do, they do. my cousin, she ironically, she was Uh. she's a collector of Barbies. Um, I wish it was a way just to get a picture, and maybe I might ask her, but she had a black Barbie collection growing up where it just stays in a box. And then, oh, yeah. I have some friends that get, I got two, three of them. I thought well, if I have a daughter, this would be my pass down. But whenever I get me a curio curio cabinet, I want to just display them because like you said, that um, it's just pivotal. And there's an Instagram account that showcases these black Barbies. Uh-huh. They have a whole thing. They even got like the black Ken doll. I don't even know what you call him. But seeing that, I was like, it's true. Let's call him Malik. Malik. All <laughs> right um like you said getting black dolls like my mom I will say instilled that so like I still to this day have black handmade cabbage patch dolls a boy and a girl wow and black um uh Andy and Ann do you remember the raggedy Mm -hmm. Ann she got those and at the time as a kid you know you scratch your head and think well why is my parent doing this this woman was going out of her way in so many different ways of self-identifying for me how to embrace my authentic blackness, right? Right. And you can't discount that. And I believe it starts wholeheartedly here. You know, my child may not, he's a boy, but I remember having conversations with him: like, hey, our skin is beautiful people pay. So like, you know, for reference, we said Kardashian, I think there's people out here paying to look and appear like you, but at the same time condemning you for being you. You have to sit back and really recognize that because it was so scary, Dana, to walk to school with him this one morning. And he said to me, he wishes skin was light like mine. Now I don't find my child to be so much darker than me. Right. And I'm like, we're in 2021 okay at the time okay why and yeah and this is year 2022 how are we still at this point so far back from the start of blackest beauty with the hair and the afros that here we are in this future and this is still playing around and what it comes down to is the commercials what is my child seeing on a regular basis so i know for me with society and how i impact him is is going back home being around my brother who has three boys and being around my family so he has that and being in events that he can see and be around other people so he understands there's nothing wrong with him not at all nothing you know um what message do you think you would think we should we want to tell young black women? What do we want our young black girls to walk away with?
1: Well, from my perspective, we I want them to walk away with the fact that I don't care what type of texture, I don't care about the whole four c, the all that kind of conversation about texture it It's important for you to number one understand that however that hair grows out of your scalp, how, however you're made is, is perfectly fine the way it is. It doesn't, um, don't allow society to, um, to tell you any different. Learn to take care of your own, you know, learn to take care of your own hair the way it comes out of your head. That's perfectly fine and acceptable. And, and, you know, our hair is beautiful. Our hair is, um, Enduring, it's resilient, just like we are as a people. And so, you know, celebrate your hair, celebrate it the way it is. And, you know, really, you know, the earlier that you can stop comparing what you have to someone else and learn how to just appreciate your own, the better off you'll be. The better off you'll be is to just, you know, learn to embrace it and to go ahead. Sometimes we have to be that trendsetter, we have to be that one. That's willing to just be seen the way we are and not worry about fitting in. And so that's my message is to you know embrace your own self. I don't care what it looks like, you know, and and to really when you see other people, you know, out into in society, um, instead of you know you know we like you said earlier, you know, there's still that oh well look at her hair, you know we need to stop that. We need to stop. Um, judging people by their hair, because at the end of the day, like Leah said earlier, you know, your hair changes as you age. So you might have thick, flowing hair now and have thin hair later. So your hair can't be your only claim to fame. You know, you have to be known for something beyond it, but at the same time, we can't allow society um, to sideline us. We can't allow society to say, well, you know you're not professional because you're there's color in your hair you have braids or you have locks now that is where I say fight back sue um (laughs) do what you have to do to 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 make mainstream society understand that um to be more accepting you know if we're going to have an equitable society
0: we can't have it where my hair stops me from getting a job right you know like why are you wearing your hair like that what do you mean why am i wearing my hair like that because true today dana a friend of mine she did that a couple years ago was natural and she permed her hair just in time to do her interview and i'm like the fact that that's why i said that in my story earlier the fact that that still goes on now there are still people who will assimilate because they know they gotta get their foot in the door right why is that still a barrier you know why is that even a thing and, and like you said about suing, I think about the the young man that was about to wrestle and they made him cut his locks off in order to wrestle. What did his skill set wrestling have to do with anything? Are you making white wrestlers, boys with long hair did they have to cut their hair off before they <laughs> they hair off before they got on the mat like It's this control, right? It's this um it's it's culture telling us that we judge your hair so harshly, you have no right to be who you are. And with that Crown Act, you are further putting it in there and telling us again what to do with our bodies. Right. So I love that, you know, with the Crown Act, um,
1: 19 states have passed legislation. You know to stop that discrimination of you know natural hair protective hairstyles. Iowa isn't one of them. The last couple of years, um, some legislators have tried to introduce that, and it just hasn't went anywhere. And I mean, when you look at how Iowa is right now in terms of you know re- Republican led, Republican controlled, mm-hmm. you know both chambers, the governorship, um, you just wonder you know how. What, what it's going to take in order to pass that here? but we need that like I think it's just ridiculous that it's 2022 and there's some you know um, Iowa business entity housing and whatever um, avenue that they could still discriminate against you because of your hair and the, and you know what's happening. And so mm-hmm. I really hope that we can um, coalesce and um, support these legislators. And keep pressing this because we need this. Um, people need, you know, to to stop uh, discriminating against Black people because of their hair. Um, and while we work on embracing ourselves and, you know, celebrating the hair that we have, um, it's just crazy that it's happening.
0: Very crazy. Very unfortunate. And, you know, and, and overall, like, we just need to stop internalizing our beauty and just find our own way to embrace our own beauty and like you said earlier like quit comparing ourselves um I'll never forget for me uh when I first went natural and I would get the well I can't do that because my hair is not like yours well you won't know what your hair is like until you cut it off and cut off the perm or cut off the parts that are straight and find out for yourself when you are at a point it's freeing like it's nothing like oh it's raining outside Okay, fine. It's humid outside. Okay, fine. Whereas back in the day, you know, with the perm or getting it just pressed. Oh no, ma'am, you was not gonna catch me in the pool. You were not gonna do that. And don't let nobody think they about to play and throw some water on you. Like, right. that, oh no, it's not gonna happen. But now I can embrace that it's so beautiful to be able to, oh, it's raining and I can walk out there and I'm not it, it doesn't bother me. Um and and don't get it twisted, depending on what processes you try. It still takes time to to um style your hair, depending on you know what styles you're doing. However, it, it's been so freeing to do that. Like today to get ready. I'm not worried about that. Like that's the last part that I'm worried about on camera or as I walk about my day because I don't have to be so fixated on did I sleep on it right? Did I cover it up?
1: <laughs> you remember those times like growing up where you got your hair done pressed or whatever and then you had to sleep and you had to kind of sleep propped up like this oh so man up. yes or you got it you know flat iron and it's looking beautiful and like you said that iowa humidity or that north carolina humidity hit it and then you look in the mirror and it is a pro, and you're like you know I've learned to, you know, embrace that. And like, like you, I love that my husband is, you know, like he's constantly like playing in my hair, you know, twisting it, you know, he'll say, Ooh, it looks really curly today. You know, like he's, he likes it how it is. And I think we don't always, you know, recognize that, you know, again, it's just that affirmation that your hair is how it grows out of your scalp. So, you know, I like the texture of my hair. You know, I like the fullness of it. I like I like it when it gets super curly, but I like it when it's like it is right now with like minimal products in it. You right. Know, so, and then just, you know, the one other thing I wanted to also hammer home is that, and I wish I had it with me, but there's um, a site that uh, kind of assessed all the chemicals in in black hair care products mm-hmm. and hair care products, period. And um, black hair care products tend to have the most um,
0: dangerous, the
1: worst, yeah, the Mm -hmm. most harsh chemicals in it. So not only it's not just the perms though; it's some of these other products that we put on our hair. So I I want people to you know really think about when you're using that glue. You know, you see these videos like you're saying, right? the gorilla
0: glue it don't move, and then all (laughs) oh my god.
1: Yeah, spraying on the stuff and then gluing these wigs down. And yeah, at the end, it looks beautiful. But, but why do you know is that playing into why a lot of people now have this hair breakage around the front because you're spraying all these levels of glue and things like that to be beautiful when who knows what you're, you know, you could do with your neck? Or braiding
0: it too tight. Like, you know, uh, the singer Brandy used to get such ridicule because that's what she did on her show, Moesha where it slowly, you know, push the hairline back. Like anything done too long, the wrong way or improperly is not healthy for your hair. The best thing you can do your hair is the lowest manipulation possible. Um, maintaining, you know, I love Dick Gregory when he's like, just get out and walk and drink water. Like the best way to take care of your hair honestly does start within, you know? right. Uh, the more you can focus on that, the better your hair growth. And then sometimes you are fighting against uh, natural heredity. Uh, what I love about my mom growing up is she thinned along the sides. And so she was always making sure my hair bows, ponytails weren't so tight. Right. And if she saw kids, I don't know back now, you know how like the ponytail be so tight, feel like they didn't got a facelift <laughs> and she would go and she would loosen up little girls hair bows and stuff. She's like, you're going to thank me later because I'm trying to help your edges and we still try to protect edges out here today. Right. So uh, I appreciate that. And she would do that often. And I mean, as you learn and, you know, you share, right. So um, I I think that is so powerful. And like you said, addressing the chemicals that companies are putting, I think, and that was the other thing that pushed me uh, forward to being natural And I experimented with making my own stuff. Like I still make my own little spritz for my hair. Um, And I'm constantly always trying to find that product because every product tells you this is going to do this to your hair. Doesn't necessarily do it. It might do it for some textures. And then it's changed. You know, with age, I have another regimen to do when it comes to my (laughs) hair. And I've never been able to color. color. Color and heat. We do not get along. There's so many times people are like, oh, just sit in the hairdryer. Nope. Me and he are no go. My hair says no to that. So <laughs> some stuff is just not going to do that because some things it wants to do like that cast because it sets mm-hmm. it. Uh, but I, I've embraced it. I've enjoyed it. I enjoy when I'm around other women. Uh, I wore my shirt today. I uh, don't know if I could just show that. And it's. Uh, yeah, let's see it. It says naturally, uh, I guess I just stand naturally yep. unbothered. That's right. And so uh that's why I started off today with, you know, that's what I have enjoyed a- a- about it, you know, um just walking through this life and knowing that, you know, my hair grows to the sun. And uh Tia Mowry, you know, she's another celebrity, which those of us would say, Oh, she got natural curly, but she brushes it out, she's got an afro. Like she is doing protective styles, but she is also embracing that. And and that's what I feel like we need to keep passing down over and over again.
1: And that's why really in doing this series that I'm going to be doing, I want to have those um, professional stylists talking about, you know, things we can do to help our hair and, you know, know, uh, assisting us in, you know, our natural hair journey. And so I think it'll be really important to hear from those professional black stylists and you know, learning about different products and learning, you know, about
0: different hairstyles. So I'm really excited to be doing that. I'm excited to hear more about it as well. So if with if there's anything further, um, we can close out. You have anything else, Dana? Nope, that's it. All right. Well. Thank you to our amazing listeners for tuning in with us today. And we have one question that Dana and I would like for you to sit on. Think about, do you ever think about who you are without your hair? Really sit and focus on that. And join us next week when we'll be talking to Courageous Fire on episode 14. And we would like for you to please share like, and review our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other uh, podcast platforms you use. We appreciate our partners, Black Iowa News and Alliance for Sustainability. And for more information, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, at Inclusa underscore T, and Twitter and TikTok. Thank you.